Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Booth 61. Featuring movers and shakers on the Atlanta tech scene, organizations serving the tech market, and the inspired people who lead them. Now here's your host, Ricky Steele. Welcome. Thank you to, for visiting Booth 61 today. I am Ricky Steele, and I passionately serve as the Chief Development Officer at Hunter Technical Resources, Atlanta's premier IT staffing firm. And if you don't believe that, come visit me afterwards. We'll have a long conversation. <laughs> anyway, we have an exciting show for you today. We're going to jump right in, but before I get started, I have to introduce our producer, Mr. Kevin Finn, who is a master at the, at the control boards, but he also hosts a number of shows himself. And uh, Kevin may jump in and ask some questions at some point. So, Kevin, thanks for being here again today. Thank you, Ricky. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be an unbelievable show. I, I've had goosebumps all day just thinking about I have this. I think you told me three weeks ago we we're going to be doing this Planet Tech Village and David Cummings, and I was really excited. I'm, I'm juiced. I'm juiced. I'm excited about this show on multiple levels. And our goal, as everyone knows that's been following this show, is for Boost 61 to build community and allow the rising tide to lift all the boats. Today's guests are doing just that. And if you're in the technology industry and you do not know who David Cummings is or you've not read a lot of great articles about David or Pardot or Atlanta Tech Village or Sales Loft or TV or any of the other things that are going on in their lives, I hope you come out of your coma soon. And we'll all be praying for you because you are not living in this planet if you, have not, if you do not know of any of these stories. I don't want to take the next 30 minutes to do a full bio on each of these individuals because it would be a two-and-a-half-hour show and you would not get a chance to hear them because these are three fantastic uh, individuals. I'm going to run through a very brief introduction, and then we're going to get right into questions. And if you happen to have any questions, feel free to call in to Business Radio X at Kevin. It's 678-638-6253. And ask a live question. I hope my wife does not call and ask me to pick up something on the way home from the studio this <laughs> afternoon. That or has worse. happened, or worse. Uh, my guests today are Mr. David Cummings, Duke graduate, and what old folks like me call boy wonder in the Atlanta technology community. As most of you know, David sold one of his companies recently, Pardot, for right at $100 million. I think 95 was the number that I heard. And I love and appreciate David for a lot of reasons. But one of the biggest is that he did not take the money that he earned and go to the beach or the mountains or just to retire. Uh, David bought Ivy Place on Buckhead Loop and Piedmont Road and is turning it into Tech Village. I promised a short in intro, but I just couldn't help myself with that. We're going to go into that in a lot more detail. Kyle Porter is a young man I've been friends with for a long time, and we first met, I think, our involvement with High Tech Ministries together. Uh, Kevin, uh, by the way, High Tech Ministries has just moved in the Atlanta Tech Village, by the way. Kyle is a Georgia Tech graduate. Go Jackets! I have to do a shout-out for all my partners at Hunter who are all Jackets themselves. Kyle is the CEO and co-founder of Sales Loft, and we'll hear a lot more about Sales Loft shortly. Johnson Cook, another Yellow Jacket, and is Managing Director of Atlanta Tech Village. You probably saw uh, Johnson's uh, smiling face on the cover of uh, the business section of USA Today a couple of weeks ago. Johnson's also a serial entrepreneur, having started Impact Media Solutions in 2001, when I think he was 11 or 12 years old, based upon looking at him now. Seven, actually. Seven, seven. <laughs> Later, he started Peach New Media in 2009, shortly after, I guess it was puberty, wasn't it? It was another big thing <laughs> in your life that happened, and... Uh, we Who edited this? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, welcome to Boost 61. Thank you all very much for being here. Uh, David, as I said earlier, I really appreciate what you're doing. You have a wife, you have two children, and you have another child, I think, on the way in the next couple of months. 
you took your you took a good part of your wealth and you're plowing it back into our community and for that not only did I thank you but was this a big discussion at home at well or or is this just something that you have a passion and you couldn't help but doing something I just had to do my uh my wife didn't have too much say in it but she knew that I needed a big project something I could really sink my teeth into post acquisition and so why not buy a 103,000 square foot building and build it into the best place in the southeast for tech entrepreneurs well, I had the privilege of hearing you speak at the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce yesterday, and just the vision, all the things that you've got going, uh, was just exciting. And you had the entire audience uh, uh, eating out of the palm of your hand yesterday, as, as I'm sure you could well uh, understand. What is your vision for the next, uh, really, 90 days, and we'll talk about uh, 180 and, and the next year for Atlanta Tech Village? So we're right in the middle of the architectural planning process. So as you can imagine, having a five-story building and a four-story parking deck and an acre and a half of land right in the heart of the financial district of Buckhead, it's got some unique characteristics about it. So these next 90 days is really about our long-term planning from a physical space perspective. So we're going to spend $5 million renovating this iconic building in the middle of Buckhead and turn it into the number one spot for tech entrepreneurs. Johnson, you're the managing director, and, and you were very kind to take uh, Clint Bailey and I on a tour a couple of three or four weeks ago. What are you doing every day, and what are you looking to see in the next uh, 90 to 120 days? Well, 90 days, we're just trying to keep the noise complaints down from the construction that's happening. <laughs> um, we started sending emails out whenever we were having construction, and now we're just having to say, listen, we're pretty much under construction for the next 12 months every day. Um, we're trying to balance a lot of things. One of the things we're really focused on is high density. We want to get as many people packed into the building as we can because we're all about serendipitous interaction. But high density sounds really good from the top down, but for people who look at an office and say, hey, we're going to fit six people in this little room, that's like sometimes a hard sell. So we're trying to sell the real estate. This is the place where you're going to live and work and play, um, but also trying to sell that high density mission as well. We're also focused on not just like the typical come in at eight and work all day and go home at five, but we want this to be a place where people hang out on the weekends. They stay late at night. We want the rooftop patio, which will be amazing, to be a place where people just want to hang out. Every afternoon, it's packed with people having an adult beverage, maybe a coffee in the morning in the summer. Who is your ideal tenant? I mentioned the high-tech ministries already taking some office space. When I was there, there were other people moving <clears> in at various stages. How many people do you have in the building now? And anyone can answer this question, of course. How many do you have now? And and what do you project having over this first year? So as of yesterday, we had um, about 103 paying members. Wow. And that's just in our temporary space that we call it the beta version of the village. Um, unrenovated, uh, a little bit of renovation just to kind of clean it up a little bit. Um, over the next 12 months, I don't know, I hope we could get up to maybe 250 or 300 by the end of the year. The ultimate goal is to shoot for that 600 number. We think we can put 600 people in a 100,000-square-foot building, which is very high density, and parking will be an issue when we get up there because we've only got 320 spaces. Um, but that's, that's what we're shooting for is, is, is the big 600. 600 people, but that doesn't... Individuals. Necess- it could be 100 companies, 153 companies, whatever the case right. might so be. Right, our, so our ideal, and David can jump in here, our ideal tenant or member, we're calling them members rather than tenants, is a a one to 30 person company. We think 30 is definitely the high end. We've already got uh, three or four tech companies who have come in with between eight and 12 people who will be in the building and they they have a a traditional suite 
And um, but we we like the idea of of being full life cycle for that first phase of a company. So when your idea with two guys, basically this is a higher end garage to start building your company. And then as you add people, we'll have suites of all different size and shape for the whole life cycle. David, anything to add? So obviously the office space side is really important, but the other characteristic that we're focusing on is the community aspect. So everything from conference center to community center to coffee shop to rooftop patio to outdoor plaza with soft seating, hard seating umbrellas. And the idea that it is a village, it's not a place that you go, you hang your hat, you work for eight hours and you go home, but it's really a community center. It's like a YMCA for tech entrepreneurs. If I was thinking about moving my business there, are there other amenities in the area? I love to jump on a trampoline. And I was just wondering, (laughs) are there any things that would make me happy in the trampoline area in or around Atlanta Tech Village? So the location of the Atlanta Tech Village right at the intersection of Piedmont Road and Lenox Road is one of the most dense, most walkable, most livable sections of Buckhead. There's eight different hotels that are walking distance. There's 14 restaurants. There's a fork and screen movie theater. There's a one acre outdoor park at Tower Place. We're right on top of exit two on Georgia 400. We're right next to the Buckhead Marta station. We have lots of shopping with TJ Maxx and Nordstrom Rack and Old Navy. And like Ricky was alluding to, a new 40,000 square foot trampoline center is going into Tower Walk where the old crunch fitness used to be. My prayers have been answered. (laughs) So imagine jumping on a trampoline that's a thousand square feet playing dodgeball with your coworkers. Pretty awesome. I heard you share that yesterday, and I just had to throw that in. But uh, it is amazing, and it's in such a central part of the city that you can get anywhere from there fairly easily. And a couple of things that are going on transportation-wise, one is they're building an overpass to connect I-85 South coming down from Norcross and Duluth so that you can go right on to Georgia 400 North, right at 400 Exit 1, without even slowing down. So the northern suburbs up the I-85 corridor makes the Atlanta Tech Village that much more accessible. As I toured the building last week, you still have, or a couple of weeks ago, you still have a number of tenants there. Is the um, vision for the future to eventually have the building 100% occupied at Atlanta Tech Village? And what part of that process are you in, and how long will that take, perhaps? Sure. So when I bought the building, we had 17 existing tenants And at the end of this year, we'll have three of those 17 still in the building. So by the end of this year, we'll have over 90% of the space for tech companies and tech entrepreneurs. So it's just a matter of time before the leases run out and that's this, that, and the other before you can take the space. And I assume you're probably negotiating to maybe move some of those a little faster, if at all possible. That's correct. That's exciting. Johnson, do you have something? Uh, Just that, yeah, we, we weren't sure going into this what demand would be. We knew there was a demand for tech startup co-working space but we had no idea i don't think we would have bet any money that within 90 days we'd have 100 people already paying for a desk so that was the big surprise it was kind of a nice uh wow good there's tenants in the building we've got cash flow for a little while we don't have to rush into this we're good but when we saw the demand it it got it got us very excited we had people showing up january 2nd or 3rd when it was first promoted where it was and what it was people showing up off the street carrying their monitor cash in hand, ready to be <laughs> in the village. They wanted to be there so bad. So that, that got us fired up. 
Yeah, and that's that's what I've been so excited about at the Atlanta Tech Village is the people that are there and the entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And we moved in when it first opened up, and it's just been awesome to spend time with those folks uh, that are building businesses. They're in the same shoes that, that we're in as SalesLoft, and uh, just learning from them and connecting with them has been fantastic. And Johnson and David have both done an amazing job of getting awesome entrepreneurs in the village. Well, I know here at Business Radio X, we hear about the Atlanta Tech Village all the time from absolutely anyone in the tech industry whatsoever, even if they're over at the Hypopotamus and they they want to upgrade, they're always talking about it and what's going on. Everyone's very excited about it in the tech community. That's great. Yeah, uh, yeah we keep uh, having marketing and PR agencies reaching out to us to ask us to pay money for marketing and PR, and we, we can't really we justify it. it right we now. We talk about it all the time. <laughs> we have no so. issues with marketing and PR mm -hmm. yet. Do you guys um, partner up with places like at the Biltmore, at the Hypopotamus, for people that are they're in that open co-working space, but they want to sort of grow their company? Do you get a lot of that? Absolutely, um, yeah. We love Hype. Scott Scott Henderson runs mm -hmm. that. Um, they do a great job, especially at pulling in students from Georgia Tech because mm -hmm. they're right there um, beside Tech, and you know we don't have anything like Georgia Tech near us, so we feel like maybe one of our strengths is the con connection to the capital mm -hmm. being yeah, in Buckhead and, and with, with Hype's connection to the students, with ATDC, with their connections to GTRI and the oh, advanced yeah. technology. We feel like all the players in the community have their strengths that are amazing. And so this isn't a competition. We're, we're building a community here. It takes everybody working together to make Atlanta a top five tech city. Well, we love what you're doing. We want to keep all our tech people here. We have so many great ideas, and people just leave. They, they go out and transplant somewhere else. So I want to really retain as many tech people as we can get. David spent a great deal of time talking about that at the chamber yesterday, and I thought it was um, two aspects of what he said is the number of tech people we lose every year from Georgia Tech that move to other places. But, David, talk a, and I want to get back to the, the conversation at hand, but uh, – Share a little bit of what you shared about as far as the repurposing of folks' careers. I shared that last night. I made a speech last night to the Atlanta or to the uh, TAGS recruiting special interest group, and I gave them that, and, and these are all professional recruiters, and they said, this is brilliant, this is fantastic. So maybe share a little bit more about that, kind of your thought process there. Yeah, there's three points there. Point number one is that within five years of graduation, 50% of the Georgia Tech engineers leave the metro Atlanta region. So we have amazing engineers, educated, trained right here in the city, and within five years, half of them move on to some other city. So there's an opportunity there where we already have talent. We just need more programs, companies, startups, opportunities for them to stay here as part of their career. Another piece of that is the idea of recycling talent. Recycling talent is when you have two entrepreneurs working on an idea, and down the hall there's two more entrepreneurs working on the idea, inevitably the majority of tech startups go out of business. So by cultivating community and serendipitous interaction and building rapport amongst entrepreneurs, when one entrepreneur catches the tiger by its tail, has the right opportunity and starts to take off, when the other entrepreneurs down the hall realize it's time to close down their business, the opportunity arises for them to join up with the entrepreneur who has found an idea and a business that's working so they can recycle the talent even within the same facility. The third and final point is really around this idea of mid-career retraining. So there's a number of people that have analytical degrees, whether it's finance or accounting or industrial engineering, and the opportunities for software engineering, software development are so much greater. In the city of Atlanta, we actually have negative unemployment for software engineers. For every four job openings that we have here in Atlanta, there's only one programmer actively looking for a job. So mid-career retraining, people that have analytical degrees 
or people that are very interested in technology, this idea that even after they've been in the workforce for 5 or 15 or 25 years, they can go pick up programming and become a professional software engineer. I think it's a big mm-hmm. opportunity. I think one thing, that, as someone that's 60 years old and uh, having started four or five businesses in my career, um, I think what you're seeing and, and the demand that you weren't expecting should have been expected, but then you don't, you're not looking at from the 40,000-foot view. Success breeds success. You guys have created a successful formula. You're all three successful entrepreneurs. So there are people who dream of success. They just want to be in your same uh, – they want to breathe the same air that you're breathing. And, and I think that you're going to see a lot more of that going forward. So what are some other characteristics? And I want to uh, really get to Kyle in a minute, and I want to talk about sales loft because it's been a real uh, helpful um, – uh, helpful to me in my career, but uh, but before we go there, what are some other the special things or things you really want to make sure people understand about Atlanta Tech Village before we move on? And my big question is, are you providing a full-time masseuse to be there as you did at Pardot? Because I'm really thinking about moving my office there. I, 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 need, I got a lot to work out of this old body. We are. We are. At Pardot, one of our employee perks was a full-time masseuse on staff, so a regular W-2 employee. We took one of our conference rooms, and we transformed it into a spa. And so very much with the Atlanta Tech Village, our goal is to have on-site masseuses available at a wholesale rate for all the villagers. That's amazing. I just found a discount massage parlor on Buford Highway. Oh, not that kind. Well, unfortunately, it's self-service. So (laughs) uh, you had to work out your own kinks, I guess. But uh, anyway, what else, Johnson? Anything else on on the village before we move to Kyle for a minute or two? What we love about the village is a book that I like to recommend anybody read that's thinking about this in in Atlanta as a tech innovation ecosystem called The Rainforest, um, written by some VCs out of the valley. Look it up on Amazon. It's the first one. It's called Building the Next... Building the next Silicon Valley. Um, one of the big ideas promoted in there is this idea of weeds. And for a rainforest to have new species created and for new companies to come out, you have to let weeds grow. You have to have mm-hmm. things that you didn't plan to happen happen. So think about the village as a place where we just want everything to happen. If you have an event, we'd love for you to have your event. We now have temporary event space at the village. Uh, if you're a member, you can use it for free. If you're not, you can pay a little fee just for setup and tear down. And just be there. We also don't want people to come get a desk just as what we're, what we're starting to call a vanity desk. We, we don't want people who get a desk because it's cool to have a desk in the village and they come once a month. We want people who are going to be there, meeting people, hanging out, just meeting people in the elevator. You'll be surprised at the cool people that you'll see. So that's what we're all about. We want to be that density, that, that really high-energy place in town that people want to hang out, not just have an address there. So a couple takeaways for the Atlanta Tech Village. One is... It's already the largest high-tech entrepreneur center in the Southeast. At 103,000 square feet, there's nothing anywhere close to that size. Wow. Number two, it's already the largest co-working space in the Southeast. At 25,000 square feet of co-working space, there's nothing anywhere near that size in the Southeast. And then from a community point of view, our mission is to help make Atlanta a top 10 tech startup city. I'll go for top five. Come on, DJ. (laughs) We have all the natural resources, all the ingredients. We have an amazing engineering school in Georgia Tech. We have a great educated population, especially in the young professional ranks. We have an amazingly low cost of living. We have the world's busiest airport with direct flights all around the world. And a lot of people don't know this, but we're actually one of the most connected cities from an internet capacity and bandwidth perspective. 
Atlanta has the highest per capita of data center space anywhere in the country. And so even at the Atlanta Tech Village, only being open for a couple months, we already have three separate fiber providers providing 10 gigabits of bandwidth each. So we have 30 gigabits of capacity in the building already, which is unheard of by a lot of standards. <laughs> Yesterday at the chamber, you mentioned 10,000 jobs. Yeah, our goal is to create 10,000 high-paying jobs over the next 10 years. And the way we look at it is that at full capacity, we'll have between 100 and 150 tech startups in the village at any one time. And the nature of tech startups is that the majority of them fail and the majority go out of business. But if you think about the next 10 years and you think about the companies coming through the door, the ones succeeding, the ones failing, we're actually going to have over 500 different companies over the next 10 years. And so if you break the math down and you say, well, 20, 200, 2,000, it's going to follow a power law where there's going to be a small handful of companies that are going to create hundreds or thousands of jobs and then a few more companies that are going to create tens or hundreds, and then a bunch of companies that aren't going to create too many jobs. But over the next 10 years, it all adds up to 10,000 jobs. Especially when you include the indirect jobs as well. I mean, think about recruiters, service providers, lawyers, accountants, everything that, that the successful companies will need as they grow. It's going to be awesome for our city. Creating the, the bigger village. Well, when uh, David said the 10,000 high-paying jobs yesterday at the chamber, uh, my old friend and the CEO of the Chamber of Commerce, Sam Williams, Looked like he was about to kiss him on the lips. It was uh, <laughs> that happens. Uh, Sam, I had tears in his eyes just about that. That that's an exciting, exciting goal. I want to talk a few minutes with my dear friend Kyle Porter. I'm so glad he's here today. I've respected him and his work ethic, and he's a serial entrepreneur, a good Georgia Tech guy. Sales Loft, you're you co-founded it, I think, along with David. Mm-hmm. Tell us what Sales Loft is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, thanks for having me here. It's an honor to be in this room with you guys. Uh, David and I started SalesLoft in late 2011, and what we do is we provide software to sales professionals. Uh, We call it sales intelligence, and basically there's so many things that are happening with the companies and prospects of sales reps around the world, and we're basically giving them that information. We're handing it to them on a silver platter. So we provide a real-time stream of news, alerts, and information uh, on prospects and customers to salespeople. What is your growth plans over the next year? Yeah, so we have, at this moment, we've got over about 4,000 sales professionals that are using our tools, um, and thank you for, for being one of our users. Uh, and, and there are a couple different products that they're using, uh, some to learn about when their prospects or customers change jobs, some to uh, collect information on them on the web and put it in their CRM. Uh, but our goal is to expand our product set and to get into cash flow positive within the next year. Well, we use it uh, at Hunter Technical every day, and um, to be able to have the um, the depth and the breadth of the information, we're in an information age. I mean, if you're not receiving more information than you can possibly process, then you're just not receiving enough information, and yet you do it in a succinct way. I, I just I look forward to it, and I just I tip my hat to you. It's uh, it, it's a great service that a lot more people should be taking advantage of. I believe. Yeah, thanks. You know, the whole goal is that there is a ton of information out there, uh, but you don't want to be inundated by it. And so our, our challenge is how do we find what's most important and put it in front of salespeople so that they can seamlessly consume it and use it to help their sales efforts? What are some of the success stories? I can brag on it all day long, but um, uh, what are some of the things you've heard from other customers and, uh, and folks in, in your circle? 
Yeah, for sure. So we get about, I'd say once a day, we get an email from a user of one of our products that just uh, you know, thanks us for providing it, shows us an example of how they've used it. Uh, but basically, it's taking information and giving salespeople an easier way to connect with their buyers, an easier way to initiate sales calls, uh, move sales cycles faster through the process. And, uh, and like I said, you know, we've got a, uh, we, we probably get you know, five to ten uh, per week just uh, kind of rave reviews on what it's doing for salespeople. Kyle, take us through an example of job change alerts and why you invented it. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'll use your old company as an example, Pardot. Uh, Pardot is uh, an enterprise software or a business-to-business software company, and they've got uh, somewhere near 1,400, 1,500 clients. Uh, And within those clients, they've got thousands of users of their product. Uh, But now imagine that a user of Pardot goes on to a new company that's not a user of Pardot. Uh, a sales rep at Pardot that's using our product would get an alert that says, hey, this user has moved on to a new company, and uh, they're a perfect opportunity for you to call and then initiate a new sales cycle with Pardot at that new company. So one of the most compelling events for a sales rep to know about is when one of their existing customers changes jobs. And so as a salesperson, obviously, you want to stay top of mind so that when that client of yours moves on, they still think of you. Well, that creates that, that relationship between you and the client that really really is important to building business. Well, not to mention if you're in a sales cycle and your champion all of a sudden gets up and goes to a new company, yep. you want to know about that immediately yeah. so that you can either follow them to the company that they've then gone to but also find a new champion in the, the firm that you're selling into. Definitely. So there's a number of different use cases around it. If you're currently in the IT staffing industry in the sales and marketing area, this should be a area of the program you should not be paying any attention whatsoever (laughs) just forget all of this because i promise you others are not forgetting it and are using it um, to be a game changer really a game changer thank you kiwi i'm not familiar with kiwi it's it's the newest cloud-based uh company that's come out of uh the family tell us a little bit about it david Sure. So we're building the next generation cloud middleware. So cloud middleware is a fancy term that means a Rosetta Stone or a translation layer between different products in the cloud. So if you're using Salesforce.com to manage your sales team and you're using QuickBooks to manage your accounting for the business, Kevi as the middleware makes it easy for the information in both of those systems to be exchanged and synchronized on a regular basis. So you have a proliferation of tools in the cloud and they're all siloed right now. Kevi makes it easy for them to all start talking to each other. Where are you in the process of Kiwi? We'll be launching here in the middle of next month. So we're about 30 days out from a big launch. And is it like all the other companies from your portfolio, uh, fully financed internally and not looking for the first round yet, or you're looking for the first round? It is. It's all self-finance. It's all internal. Bootstrap. It's a big boot. <laughs> right. Less money to split later and less right. uh, advice to have to accept right now. That's true. Kevy's super cool because we're a user of a number of different cloud offerings at SalesLoft. And the biggest challenge is you have all these new SaaS products, uh, but they don't talk to each other really well. And, and the manufacturer of these products, they don't want to build out those integrations because they're so challenging and they can change from day to day. So Kevy steps in and solves that problem and will enable us as users to be able to use all our systems together as one. I could sit here and uh, ask you 150 more questions uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt uh, and just going further from some of the things that I've heard each of you say individually over the last number of years. But I think the audience would probably just like to hear you talk a little bit about uh, not only what is important to you today, 
but as you uh, push forward, the companies you've seen so far that have come into Atlanta Tech Village, what are some of the unique, neat technologies? And it could be some of your own, could be some that you've seen outside. And where do you think we're going over the next uh, six to six months to a year here in the Atlanta technology community? Uh, next week, I know there's a big event in Athens where the uh, For Athens has got a venture deal, and Charlie Paparelli and I think uh, Jackie Chu and some others are going to go up and, and do a seminar to help uh, them get off the ground. But uh, Atlanta, we're the mothership for what happens in the southeast. What do you see happening to the mothership in the next year? So for the Atlanta Tech Village, one of the things that we're really trying to espouse is that we aren't selecting the winners and losers from an ideas perspective. So too often this idea of a high-tech center or an incubator is the idea that you choose who's going to come into the place and therefore you're choosing or validating which ideas you think are good. For us, like Johnson mentioned earlier, our focus is on building a community that has a set of common core values. So we have four core values for the Atlanta Tech Village. Our core values are be nice, dream big, pay it forward, and work hard, play hard. In the context of the community, especially a big open co-working space and conference center and community center, the first and third are most important, the concept of be nice and pay it forward. So we don't know any better or worse than the next person which ideas are going to be successful, but at the end of the day, the most important thing we can do is cultivate a community of common core values such that it thrives, promotes serendipitous interaction, and helps create a more successful, vibrant tech entrepreneur community. Well, yeah, that what? said, there are some fantastic winners in the building. Uh, there's uh, companies like uh, <laughs> Rigor, which do web performance management, uh, a company called Insight Pool, uh, which is doing uh, social marketing automation. Uh, there's a number of amazing companies, Clickscape, obviously Kevy. Uh, so there are a lot of winners in the building uh, that I've seen from being there uh, firsthand and interacting with entrepreneurs. So I think uh, a lot of times when you go after entrepreneurs who are doing the core values of the Atlanta Tech Village, you're also going to find they've got great ideas and they've got great businesses. And so that's what's, uh, what's come out uh, you know, from my perspective of the village. Yeah, another way to think about our, our core values is a really quick tagline that we use a lot, cool people doing cool things. And you can very quickly assess someone if it's a cool person. That means they fit with the core values. And doing something cool means, uh, for us right now, at least we want things that are scalable. Like uh, uh, They're scalable beyond the person. So... Sorry, Ricky, a recruiter is pretty limited, and I'm sure you can make the argument because we've heard lots of recruiters making <laughs> the argument that I have a website, so I'm much bigger than just me, but still the value of what you're providing is in your connections. So we've had uh, a company, I wish I could remember their name because I'd love to plug them, that makes the beer-flavored ice cream, and they said, do we even qualify? We said, absolutely. They've outsourced manufacturing. They work out of their house. Their offices are in their homes. That's, that's a perfect fit, beer-flavored ice cream. Um, there is an app that the USA Today like to feature because it's a consumer one called uh, Cycloramic that you can download and uh, you run it and it, you stand your iPhone on a table and it uses the vibrating mechanism in the iPhone and does a 360 degree picture of the room um, just we're, we're, we're kind of going around in a circle pretty neat all <laughs> kinds of gimmicky little things like that uh, sorry that's not gimmicky that's wonderful <laughs> wonderful advanced technology that I'm sure will be used for something but no we're not picking themes or trying to direct it towards B2B or B2C or any certain type kind of thing. It's cool people doing cool things. So some other great examples, we have Remedy Diabetes in the village. They have a next-generation analytics platform around diabetic information. 
So using the big data that's out there around diabetics and then analyzing it and being able to use the data to produce better outcomes for diabetics going forward. It's a real game-changing, life-saving type technology. We have another startup in the Atlanta Tech Village that's building a next-generation telemedicine video conferencing platform for the iPad. So imagine you're on your iPad at home talking to your doctor on his or her iPad, and it's fully HIPAA compliant. So you have FaceTime right now, and it makes it easy to do the video conferencing, but FaceTime isn't HIPAA compliant. Based on things like access rights and audit trails and authorization and all these different rules around privacy compliance, they're adding all of those enterprise features around the FaceTime video conferencing technology. And they call it doc time, right? Doc time, exactly. <laughs> Love it. Well, I would think you all have already created a space for me because every village needs an idiot. <laughs> That's a joke we use a lot around here. <laughs> Who is the village idiot? Do we know? Or do you take turns maybe uh, designating that uh, position? But speaking of service providers and what have you, have you – You said village idiot and you said speaking of service providers? Come on. Uh, come on. It's too easy. Um, what is the percentage or do you have a percentage uh, designated as – how many companies, real companies with a real product, whether it's beer-flavored ice cream or a diabetes right. diagnosis versus accountants, lawyers, staffing companies? I know there's a PR firm just moved in recently, et cetera, et cetera. Have you got a mixture of that? Yeah, uh, we do. We have we have what we call soft ratios, so we're not going to go hard and fast and absolutely not let you know, an attorney in because he's an attorney if he's just a, an absolutely great guy that or girl that fits our, our core values and pays it forward and is fun to be around. So our soft ratio is 70% scalable tech companies, 10% freelance creative, so graphic designers, developers, 10% um, service providers, and 10% investors. And uh, like I said, it's very soft ratios. It's all about the people and do they fit the core values and can they pay it forward and, and interact with the community. So if you want, I can talk. Uh, just mention a couple of programs that, that we have coming out that you can look out for as far as the village. Love to have it. Um, speaking of service providers, we are taking um, – sponsors. And one of the sponsorship programs that we have is a scholarship program for startups who can't afford to pay for the desk in the village. We've got some brilliant hacker Georgia Tech students who want to be in. They've come to visit, but they say 300 bucks a month is just too much. Mm -hmm. um, so we want some of those people to be able to come in. We've had some, some service providers approach us with sponsorship dollars, and they say, how can we use these? And we wanted to provide more than just a logo on the wall and on the website. So the main program that we're going to focus on for the kind of under $10,000 sponsorship level is the scholarship a startup or scholarship a student or that kind of thing. Um, we can do that a number of different ways where you know who it is. You may have a, a client if you're a law firm that you want to put in there and you can scholarship them, or you may just leave it up to us and we can take a growing list. Pretty soon we'll have on atlantatechvillage.com a scholarship application where people can submit if they can't afford it or if they don't want to afford it, whatever, they just want to be there. Um, then they can apply to that scholarship. We're also taking uh, larger scholarships, I mean sponsorships. One of our top sponsors already, we got to give a shout-out to Beyond, who's providing the gigabit fiber into the building um, as a sponsor because they get it. They want to be involved in the startup community. They're very entrepreneurial. Beyond has been amazing to work with for our fiber. Pro other programs that, that we have, we have a hackathon coming up. I wish I knew the date. I think it's uh, in two or three weeks. It's a co-working hackathon. It's basically let's build a bunch of tools and apps for not just the Atlanta Tech Village, but Hype for all the other co-working facilities, and let's figure out how to make the building more useful through technology. 
We'll also, within probably this week or next week, be announcing office hours. So the goal is that every day we will have at least one or two person holding office hours. So these will be free times when village members can come by. And if you're not a member, you might want to join just for this and spend 15 minutes with David Cummings or with Kyle or me or um, a lawyer or an investor. We'll have a lot of VCs who will be holding office hours where members can submit in advance what they want to talk about, what they want to see, and they come get 15 minutes of FaceTime with those people. We're looking to some big corporate um, strategic people as well as Georgia Pacific, HomeDepot.com, Turner as well to hold office hours. Um, We've got outside programs that are being hosted at the village. Atlanta Startup Village is next Tuesday, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. the Is it Atlanta Startup Village dot? Atlanta Startup Community dot com. Atlanta Startup Community, right. Um, and next Tuesday night, they'll be, they'll be in the village. That'll be a great event. Um, and then hopefully in the next three to six months, we'll be announcing an accelerator program as well. We'll actually be hosting uh, the Atlanta Inside Sales Professionals meeting as well, and that'll be early April. Uh, I think the date's to be determined. Lots of events like that. Venture Atlanta will be having a reception there in, in late April, early May as well. And we just kicked off a program for high school students to be interns for tech startups in the Atlanta Tech Village. So we're That's working awesome. with one of the local Buckhead high schools to have five of their best and brightest startup entrepreneurial-minded high school juniors get involved with entrepreneurial companies. And one of the great uh, great villagers, John Birdsong, brought that program about, and he also does the Atlanta Startup Community Program as well. Well, one of the things about the village that I, that I love is that it's going to be a center. It's going to be a place for uh, where we all group together to, uh, to enjoy our fellowship, the company, the ideas. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. One of the things that I've heard is that you're going to have these seminars that you're talking about on a very regular basis so I assume that we can go to a website and find out that on Tuesday at 2 o'clock or Friday at 5, someone is going to be speaking on a certain topic. Will those events first, I assume that's true, and you'll give the website in a minute, but uh, would that be open for anyone, just members in the village, or would somebody from the outside be able to attend some of those on a you know, we'll have some of everything. Basis. We'll have some of everything. Um, there will be programs that are for village members only um, as just amenities, things that we'll be paying for as part right. of you know the benefits that we provide to the villagers, uh, as well as events that are open to the community. And most of the events that we talked about that are not village events, like the Atlanta Startup Community, is an open event to the community. It's just we're the facility where they're hosting it. And the website is atlantatechvillage.com. Sometimes you get stuff even faster from us at our Twitter, which is ATL Tech Village. Again, that's ATL Tech Village. <laughs> and uh, and you got to help us out today. So we're participating in this tag tweet tournament. If you're not <laughs> on Twitter, you need to get on there right now because it's Atlanta Tech Village versus LexisNexis. And there was a tweet that went out about 9.20 this morning, something like that. And we're going for the most retweets, and it's a whole big bracket. And we'll, <laughs> we're going to dominate this thing. The underdog will take it on. About 15 minutes ago, you were still in the lead, so I've been watching it uh, uh, every few minutes. And there's this in another contest, uh, See Beyond, which is an entrepreneurial Atlanta company. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim yeah. and his team moved up from Tampa, created See Beyond. It's, of course, a publicly traded company. They've done extremely well. But they're an Atlanta startup for all practical purposes. Mm-hmm. So. 
uh, vote for see beyond or retweet theirs and certainly uh, retweet uh, until it comes down to the village versus see beyond well you know <laughs> you, you got a final <laughs> well i would imagine how many zeros on the back end of their check and their uh, gift you might there's sometimes where you no play, no, you know, no 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 oh, sorry you, you, johnson no. cook lay down no this is competitive <laughs> okay so the, it, it's not like uh, we cannot be bought <laughs> it's, not, it's not competitor golf or it's not client golf where occasionally sorry you might sorry see beyond ah well go for the gusto <laughs> Go for the gusto. Well, uh, in closing, uh, it's been a great show, absolutely fantastic show. But in closing, I want to go to each of you and maybe wrap up comments, something you'd like to make sure the audience knows or understands. And then if you want to give your personal email address or how best to contact you if someone wants to follow up, uh, and we'll just kind of go around the circle. And to my immediate left is Kyle. We'll start with Kyle and work our way around, and then I'll close the show. But it's been a great show. It's been such an honor to be in this room with you, you guys. Yeah, sure. uh, Likewise, it's been awesome to be here. Uh, What I would say is if you're interested in the Atlanta Tech Village, if you're interested in the community, there's a number of things you could do to to really get connected in. Uh, You know, I I would highly recommend that people follow David Cummings' blog, uh, davidcummings.org, and Johnson writes a blog as well. It's johnsoncook.com, is that right? Right. And uh, the Atlanta startup community. So there's so many opportunities to get involved, to give back, to pay it forward and uh, to, to grow as an entrepreneur in this community. I'm just so excited about all those things that are happening. Uh, for those people out there that are in a sales or business development role, uh, obviously, you know, we're building SalesLoft to be of help to you. Uh, we've got free products right now that you can sign up for and get immediate value from. Uh, one in particular would be found at jobchangealerts.com. Uh, so we encourage everyone to go there and, and sign up. It's a 15-second sign-up process. Uh, but we're just honored to be in this community and, uh, you know, part of uh, – of what David and Johnson are doing and just uh, real happy and excited to be here. Thanks, Thank you, Ricky. So this has been fun, Ricky. Thanks. Um, my, I guess, top takeaways are, uh, first of all, I need to, I need to throw in a plug for EO um, because if we're talking about business here in Atlanta, we need to talk about the entrepreneurs organization in Atlanta. It's called EO Atlanta. It's at EOAtlanta.com. Both David and I have, have served on the board and I'm currently on the board of EO it's, a, it's an awesome organization, 140 members in Atlanta. Um, companies that are over a million in revenue qualify for EO. And uh, just an amazing group uh, for learning and development for an entrepreneur. Can't say enough about EO and the good things it's doing for the city. So check that out. For, as far as the village goes, I say the best way to get involved is follow the village on Twitter, ATL Tech Village. And we do tours every single day. Our community managers put those together. The best way to do that is go to uh, atlantatechvillage.com. There's a link for tours and info. Just throw in your information and uh, come on by and take a tour. Free beer on the tours pretty soon. No kidding. <laughs> how, about, how about ice cream beer? If we can, Earlier in the day, we can get ice cream beer as well. We're working on it. I like that. I like that a lot. David? So, Ricky, I just wanted to say thank you for having us on the show here. It's a real honor and pleasure to, to sit here at the table with you and discuss a little bit about the things that we're so passionate about. So for the audience out there, a couple of the resources that have been mentioned already, check out atlantatechvillage.com. And then on the Atlanta Tech Village website, you'll see a section on, on there for members. And so if you click on the members section, you'll see over 35 different tech startups that are already members of the village, links to their websites. And so it's a great way to see what's going on in the community. A number of people that have read about the Atlanta Tech Village like to ask me, they say, I didn't know that Atlanta had such a vibrant tech startup community. And so one of the things I like to do now is I like to point them to that member's page and say, look, right here in your own backyard, there's hundreds if not thousands of entrepreneurs 
building the next great tech company. So come check us out, and we'd love to give you a tour of the village. Again, it's been an honor to have you three gentlemen. I had the privilege of meeting David 10, 12 years ago. I think Bill Leonard, Hannon Hill was just getting off the ground and small office space. And uh, you could see that there was a passion and a, uh, a caring spirit about you. And, uh, and I'm just very, very excited that you've been as successful as you have and that you're going to continue to pay it forward for many, many years to come. So you've heard a great show. Sponsorship opportunities are available at large levels and even $300 sponsorship. A number of people can afford $300 a month, $3,600 a year to help a company get off the ground that you may have a piece or a part of or just have the opportunity of knowing you helped one of the next great companies do it. So that's something that most anyone could afford to do, I would think. Next week, we have my longtime dear friend, uh, John Yates, will be on the show. John is kind of the godfather of uh, of a lot of technology things that have happened in the community since the mid-'80s. I've finished my cup of coffee in Booth 61. I hope you'll come back and join me for a fresh cup next Wednesday, or you can listen to any of the past shows at Booth 61 with Ricky Steele on Business Radio X. I always close by sharing a blessing for you, your family, and for your business. The blessing comes from the Book of Numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for dropping by. Join us next week for a fresh cup in Booth 61.